Where is God in the midst of a world of suffering and sin? God uses people to carry out his will, and as believers, we have a huge responsibility to deal with a variety of situations in life. And we've all heard that question. Someone may come, a lot of times people who are atheistic, they'll say, how can there ever be a God if there's so much suffering and chaos and sin in the world? Others may come along if they're of a more inquisitive mind and they're actually pursuing God. They may say, well, where is God? Show me the evidence of God in the midst of all the suffering. And whenever I see these questions, my answer to these is simple, but it's also one that is highly demanding on the faithful. The church is in the hands of, the church is the hands and feet of Christ, and God uses people to carry out his will, and thus God calls his people to go into the world, and again the world has a lot of suffering, has a lot of sin, but he commands his people to go to the places of suffering, sin, and chaos, not in order to wallow in it, but to bring light and righteous transformation. And as believers, we have a huge responsibility to deal with a variety of situations in life, and many of which are, well, uncomfortable or unusual. And today, in this episode, we're going to discuss some tools that you can have at your side to enhance your walk and where the great responsibility that's placed on you as a believer. So, welcome to Kingdom of the Logos, a Christian program of critical thinking and adventure produced by clergy in the Church of the Nazarene. I'm Pastor J. Dylan Proctor. I'm Pastor Amanda Sparrow. And I'm Anthony Alegria. Alright, so recently we put together a video on the hymnal and how it's a tool that's more than just a songbook. I know a lot of people watch that and they there were some that even came as a text message and they're like, are you telling me you're for the hymnal, against the hymnal? And I think that was kind of our point. Somebody back me up on this? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was, it was kind of really just displayed the, the, the usefulness of a, of a book to um, help a, guide us through our Christian walk in a ver variety of situations and we had picked specifically to talk about the hymnal and to expand upon its usefulness as more than a songbook but yeah. um, it, it is a tool and so I'm not quite sure you can be pro or, or against yeah, and it. Again, if you're if you've <laughs> elevated it to the point where you're kind of pro or against it then you've probably given too much power to something but anyways but people they go on hospital visits and you as a believer even whether you're somebody who's pastoring or you're somebody who's just a, a lay person a lot of times we find ourselves put in positions where we do have to give advice to other people. Maybe there's some sort of sin going on, some active evil that's going on that you've got to thwart. And you actually need to have a good mindset preparing you to deal with those things around you. And the, the hymnal is something which has been used as a tool. I know we talked about that before. Yes, there are songs in it, but also there's things for people to read, things for people to learn. And you as a believer, you need to have your Christian walk enhanced with very good tools that keep you of sound mind so that whenever these situations present themselves, you'll be ready to deal with them. So in this video, we're going to try to help you have a metric and give you some tips on some things which may be useful. So you might in life find yourself dealing with a, a stranger, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a family member. You might go to the hospital. You might be giving advice to someone who is at rock bottom. There's a lot of different places where you could find yourself. You might be giving advice to a coworker. You might be giving advice to someone in a supermarket. You might have to help with a funeral. You might be in a situation where you say, well, I'd like to pass this up to, to maybe a pastor or an elder or someone who's you know, more seasoned in life. But many times people are trusting you or you may just be the best positioned. Anthony? Amanda, doesn't your dad have a really good saying for this? Always be oh, ready. That was actually my great grandfather saying. Um, uh, yeah, always be ready to preach, pray, or die. Uh, was was his saying that he and his college uh, roommate, seminarian roommate, had come up with, and that has become kind of a mantra for many in my family. Um, and it's not just for for preachers or pastors, although many in my family are. Um, really, for all Christians, always be ready, preach, pray, or die. Yeah. 
And I want to open up this saying that a lot of the tools we're going to talk about today are oriented towards books. And you might say, oh, but reading it is so boring. And look, <laughs> I get it. In 2019, reading is hard. Um, many of us have lived in a day and age where there's a lot of social media, there's stuff which comes and it kind of messes with how our brains work. The heuristics in our mind, the pathways seem to be warped a bit by our modern modes of communication. And a lot of people, it's difficult for them to sit down and, and commit to reading. Mm -hmm. um, even people who have good intention to. But at the same time, we need to have good tools for life. And to quote Isidore of Seville, when we pray, we talk to God. When we read, God talks to us. And we can find, and, and even as I've gotten older, I found how much this is true. When you read and you're well-read in a wide variety of things, and again, Scripture is Scripture, and we give authority to Scripture. There are other things that are supplemental. Again, a hymnal is supplemental. It's not Scripture. But you should be well-read, and surprisingly, and a lot of times people have a hard time believing this, but reading does something for the brain that sometimes you can't get anywhere else. Um, watching television and, and movies and things doesn't do the same thing for the brain, though I have found that listening to books and listening to spoken word actually does do some good things. So listening to books, even if you have a hard time reading it, um, is very helpful. So let's get into this conversation. Um, so Amanda, what is a good metric starting off, if somebody is looking for something to be supplemental, if they need a, a litmus test, what is something which is a, a good litmus test for starters? Well, I think, and this is an important question because there are a plethora of, of supplemental um, resources, whether it's books or, or websites out there that, that are quote unquote Christian. Um, but yeah, there's something that we need to say, okay, is this actually what it prom is promising to be? And I think one of the, the best litmus tests, uh, the best parameters, uh, measuring stick that we can use is the Apostles' Creed. Um, and it is just a very short and succinct way of articulating what it means to be part of the Orthodox Church. And I think Dylan's got at least, a, yeah, the page of yeah. it from our hymnal out there. And if you're somebody who is a member of the Church of the Nazarene, you should have a hymnal. <laughs> and and the, the Apostles' Creed is on page 8. And this is something, it is, it is a product of believers who give authority to Scripture, but it's a condensed, simple creed. It's a statement that people look look at. And again, if somebody disagrees with this point, you can say, well, they're probably bad. Right. You know, if it's someone trying to tell you that the, the Old Testament is irrelevant and that, that God the Father is the demiurge or something like that, um, you know, if they say, well, if you're a Christian and you sin, you know, there's no forgiveness for that. You're, you know, God cranks up the ovens, you know, seven times fast. <laughs> if they do anything contradictory to that, which is in here, you can probably say they're probably, you know, and, and I think a heretic. A heretic, yeah. yes. And I think it's fascinating. Also, if you were to just Google the Apostles' Creed, you will find multitude, uh, multiple, uh, a multitude of versions. And but even in those changes of versions, even in um, the articulation of the Apostles' Creed and its creation, where you have some different in Latin thought and Greek thought, there is still a consensus that has lasted for nearly 2,000 years of exactly what we believe. And so we may emphasize things differently. We may use different analogies. Um, but at the same time, this is what says, this is what's orthodox. Yeah. This is what right thought is. Um, and it is helpful in articulating that and also in measuring. And like Pastor Dylan said, if there's obvious things and also even maybe some not obvious things, uh, we can begin to start evaluating yeah. resources properly. All right. Well, let's get into some things which are useful. Um, obviously, reading scripture daily is good, but there's a lot of other supplemental things. Again, people have held a lot of things. The hymnals is useful. Um, we did a whole video on that. We're not going to talk more about it. Um, but there are other things which are out there. 
Amanda, what are some of the tools which you have brought with you today for people to have in their tool belt? I know you've got a whole I, wide yes, variety of I them. I have quite a stack, but I think one of the ones, the first one I want to show, it, this is a, a, a drawing of the um, liturgical calendar. And I know a lot of different people might have a lot of different calendars. I know in our current situation, there's the traditional Gregorian calendar, which goes from January to December. Then we have a church district calendar, which goes from March to February. Uh, and then you have a liturgical calendar, which is like for the church kind of universal. And it looks like this. Um, at least that's an, a, a drawing, a depiction of it. And you start with Advent, preparing for Christmas. You go into the celebration of Christmas, then you go into Epiphany, and then into Lent, and then to Easter, and then to Pentecost, and then into Ordinary Time. And the reason I think this is a fantastic tool, a, a fantastic supplemental tool, a fantastic um, structure and encouragement, is it guides us through the story of God, the story of the people of God, and it helps us to go through these different cycles of life. As you can see, it was a circle, and life is, it has its ups, it has its down. There are times to celebrate life and birth, and there are times to grieve. Um, there, there's death, there's pain that happens, and this calendar helps move us through that. And how do we deal with it? How do we understand it? And how do we find that these momentary circumstances, how do they fit into the broader spectrum of life? And so even in something that gives us a structure on a yearly kind of um, view, uh, can can really speak life into us. Just simply knowing, like right now, we are in the season. We're still in the season of Easter. We still are celebrating the resurrection. Really, that's something we should celebrate every day. Uh, but the emphasis right now is we're still in Easter, and so um, I'm dealing with a couple of deaths in the life of my church and in in, in our our family life. And I can read these scriptures that says like the joy of the resurrection. And so this is the, the church calendar, the liturgical church calendar helps undergird that and gives us strength and wisdom in the midst of all these different. Life circumstances. Yeah, and that that's something good. And it keeps your mind thinking about God and moving closer to to things of eternal value rather than just whatever superficial things the world may present at you. And that's what's really good about that. So in the Church of the Nazarene, we actually have some some decent tools and people would be surprised how many times in life you are actually called on to do things like help in a funeral, even if you're a layperson. Um, here in the last few days, I did a, a service actually a couple of days ago and there was a lot of people speaking at this funeral who were not clergy. And this is actually something I, I do see quite often. And a lot of times people get thrown in that position. They're like, what in the world am I going to do? Um, in the Church of the Nazarene manual, there's actually a, a little bit of a outline for a funeral service and marriage, but they're not very in-depth. In the the Church of the Nazarene, I don't think this is explicitly Nazarene, but there is the also the, the Church Rituals Handbook, which is an expansion on that. But for a lot of people who aren't clergy, they look at something like this and they say, well, you know, I, I don't know that this helps me out that much. Even though it's a good tool to have and you read through it, if you are helping in a service like that, you know, it's a good thing to have. But many times people get swallowed up quickly. And this is really why one needs to be well-read in a variety of things. Um, Oddly enough, I have found it really helpful just reading a lot of, of novels that are of a, a worldview which is oriented towards Christianity. I know I talk a lot about um, Jules Verne, but also a lot of the C.S. Lewis novels. I've just got mm -hmm. started on the, the um, what is it, Out of the, the Silent Planet. And you yeah. look at a lot of stuff like that. And reading novels really is also helpful in doing that. Uh, but just getting your, your mind shaped throughout different things and, and opening up pathways where you're starting to, to think clearly is always very helpful. Um, but again, if you're, you're doing funerals or things like that, the, the church rituals handbook or a Nazarene manual has some things to help in that. 
And a lot of times lay people wouldn't think they would need to own these things, but they're actually pretty good. And Anthony, what are you, what's on your mind? You're over there. <laughs> I was just going to say, um, we've been touching on this a lot, like right around the edges of it. And so I feel like the, um, a huge advantage that you gain by using things like these handbooks and other books of prayer and stuff like that is really perspective. And yeah. by that, I just mean whenever you're reading a prayer for a particular time or a blessing for a marriage or something like that, it puts into perspective the important things that you should be considering and caring about whenever those things are coming, you know? Um, and I think, for instance, like if you look at the Apostles' Creed, this is something that I love a lot about it. Um, and it's something you wouldn't be able to tell if you just looked at it and didn't look at anything else. But if you look at the Apostles' Creed, you can see that it's not about you. <laughs> yeah. The Apostles' Creed is about God, about Christ, about the Holy Spirit, and about the church. It's, and, you yeah. know, I think that that's a whole totally different perspective to take than a lot of other things that we see today. And so many times people find themselves in a situation, they're visiting someone, maybe they're just trying to give advice at work and they don't know what to say. And, and another book that is really helpful, and I think this would actually be something good for people who are lay people, is a book that is called Pastor, Pastoral Care for the Sick, The Rights of Anointing and Viaticum. And you might look at that and say, oh, why in the world would I want this? It's, it is a Catholic book, um, but you can kind of look past some of that again. Um, but just to give you a sample out of it, it has a prayer for after someone has, has died. And it says in there, God of love, welcome into your presence, your son or daughter, whom you have called from this life. Release him or her from all of their sins and bless them with eternal light and peace. And you read something like that and... It is interesting because a lot of times people don't know what to say in a situation like this, but having books like this in your repertoire, again, a lot of times people know they're going into a situation like that. If they're called to a hospital, you have a few minutes to, to perhaps prepare. You know, having something like this with you is helpful and it helps walk through difficult situations where a lot of times people don't know what to say. Um, Amanda, I know you've got a, a book of prayer over there as well, which again, a lot of people, they think of prayer being something which is is something which comes directly from your heart, but many times people find themselves, and this may happen at work, it may happen anywhere where you're asked to pray and they don't really know what to do. And having a book of prayer or something to that effect with you, and there's a lot of them out there. Mm -hmm. um, you get the old common book of prayers, the, the Episcopalians have a lot of book of prayers. I know Amanda's got one over there. Would you just sample us this from the particular prayer book that you have? Right, and so, um, yeah, and so this one, it has passages, it has an intercessory kind of prayer, and then also there's responses. So it, part, parts of it is really meant to be kind of within a community setting or a discussion setting. Um, where you can invite people to participate, but kind of a, sh short, a short concluding prayer reads as follows, and it says, Father, may we always give you thanks for raising Christ our Lord to glory, because we are his people and share the salvation he won. For he lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. And so, yeah, and, and I think there's something quite beautiful um, with spontaneous prayers, with on, uh, um, kind of the, the prayers that we say. Sure. Um, you know, just off the cuff and there, there's nothing wrong with that, but there are times when words fail us. And this is why we have creeds. This is yeah, why we yeah. have the Psalms. This is why we have these books is because when, when we cannot think through um, what we're trying to say, or maybe the situation is beyond our experience or beyond yeah. our intelligence, um, we can go to the community, to the, 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 uh, 
the faithful who have gone before us and we can read these things and we and we say you know what that's what i was thinking i just didn't know how to articulate it and they can say well you know we give thanks because we get to share in the resurrection and another thing this this one is um quite expensive and what amanda had there was the shorter christian prayer and it's a prayer book and it goes throughout the the christian year as well and it's it's simple. It, it can be actually used as a daily devotional. Mm-hmm. Um, but another book that is also useful, again, because we're trying to challenge people. Remember, you are to be the body in Christ everywhere you go, every day. You don't um, get to only do that a few days. But, and this <laughs> goes for us, too, as pastors. You have to be reminded that everywhere you go, you are representing the, the kingdom of God. That's kind of why I've adopted the, uh, I guess you could say, the, the official attire that I, I tend to wear. <laughs> Is because it is a bit of a uniform for the world to recognize this is this is the the church showing up um but this is the, the book of blessing and you know this has wildly um unexpected but obscure and very meaningful things in it you might open this up and find yourself with something like a a blessing for boats and fishing gear where you can come in here and it says jesus got into a boat and his disciples followed him Suddenly a violent storm came upon the sea so that the boat was being swamped by waves, but Jesus was asleep. The disciples came and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We are perishing. Jesus said to them, Why are you terrified, O you of little faith? Then he got up, rebuked the winds of the sea, and there was a great calm. The men were amazed and said, What sort of man is this, whom even the winds and sea obey? Then you get a prayer. God of boundless love, at the beginning of creation, your spirit hovered over the deep. You call forth every creature. And the seas teemed with life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, who has given us rich harvest of salvation, bless this boat, its equipment, and all who will use it. Protect them from the dangers of wind and rain and all the perils of the deep. May Christ, who calmed the storm and filled the nets of the disciples, bring us all to the harbor of light and peace. Grant this through Christ our Lord. Amen. So it's got a blessing in there for that. I mean, this, this book, it's got everything from blessings over a new gymnasium, new doors, um, all sorts of things, but it is something where if you, you have something like this at your home and you, you spend time reading it, it reminds you to go closer and closer to God. And it reminds you that even the little things like going on a fishing trip is something where you can still be pointing people to God. And it reminds you that though the world really, and it's 2019, so the world probably really wants you to talk politics and, and <laughs> be in spats with your family over that. Listen, that is not going to matter. And, you know, at the end of the time, that that that's something which is it's going to be old news even within a week. Um, but spending time, if you're going on a fishing trip, thinking of God, thinks in the matter of, of eternal value, you know, that actually positions your life towards a lasting peace, even though there's still going to be a lot of chaos and sin in the world. You know, there's a lot of bad things that go on, but it puts you in a place where you're well equipped to live with life in a in a very meaningful way. So clergy gang that we are here and even now district licensed anthony though i guess both of us are, are ordained um praise that, should, be, that should be my new uh introductory phrase and i'm district li- licensed anthony allegria <laughs> and pass it on to y'all <laughs> to separate you from the locally licensed anthony allegria no, see, it's it's actually pretty <laughs> rare that i ever even use a title not because i'm like opposed to it. i know some people are like oh but it makes people feel. i actually like um if if somebody's earned a title they there's a respect for it but then there are people at the other hand who go over the top with it um and they kind of rely on their credentials attached to the end of the name and they don't have a lot to say but anyways um we're getting on a fun tangent here because we're we're trying to encourage people and say even if you don't have a lot of things attached to your name if you're not district licensed even if you're not local licensed if you are a believer Mm -hmm. in christ jesus and you 
have confessed that and you have found yourself entering into the family of God and you are a part of the family of God, you need to have a very wide tool belt. You need to be well-read and being well-read will have a well-developed mind because um, we think with words. Yeah, we have images in our brains. Yeah, we, we hear sounds. We hear a lot of stuff. But generally, our inner monologue is that. It's a monologue. And our minds need to have good modes of thinking. And reading really helps enhance the mode of thinking. And again, getting some supplemental books. Maybe it's a prayer book. Maybe it's the hymnal. I know a lot of Nazarenes who use the hymnal. Again, this is the closest thing we have in the Church of the Nazarene, I think, to combining all these other books. Hmm. What do you all think? Yeah, I think that's the clo- that's the closest thing we we have to a liturgy. I mean, we do have our manual that gives us some like like big event yeah. um, kind of uh, ways to articulate things. But yeah, the hymnal seems to be the but closest thing we have. But even the manual is missing things like hospital visits, which a mm-hmm. lot of people really struggle with. And a lot of people say, "Oh, well, it's got all that wordy stuff in there. It's got forms, you know. It's got church constitution. <laughs> it's got a lot of these these things in there." And even if you're somebody who's into stuff like that, you still can be like, "This is a legal document." But the hymnal is something that's down to earth. It's a very useful tool. It catches a lot of this. It it has things that can be used in, in a prayerful sense. Um, but then you have specific prayer books. You even have the, the church rituals handbook, which was Jesse Middendorf. Pre- yes, wrote I this believe in. you wrote yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it is Jesse Middendorf. That's what I was compiled thinking. Compiled it. I don't compiled think it. originated all of it, but yeah. And then... Um, my high recommendation is pastoral care for the sick. It tell it it helps you up in life's difficult situations. And then if you're really wanting to, to spend <laughs> a little bit, again, you got to kind of look past the Catholic stuff. Um, well, and there's also a shorter version. There is the shorter book of blessing, <laughs> which which is the <laughs> which um, is a little bit more uh, handy and uh, it's more pocket size, travel size. So, but um, and, and that's the thing. Like the, the a lot of these the, these two resources um, that we were showing do are Catholic. But again, um, one church, um, I mean, we're Nazarene and we're, we don't apologize for that, but we not do recognize that Nazarenes do not have the corner on salvation or liturgy. Um, and because of that, we do look at other uh, faiths and see what they emphasize and how we can learn and grow. And so you do have to read it carefully, though, because there might be things that are like, hmm, I don't emphasize that or that's not quite how I think um, that should be articulated. But they give you great structure. And I think that's it's really a good starting the, point. Yeah. And I think that's the main yeah. point. Is, is if we rely on ourselves, we're going to find that we fail ultimately. Um, and so we need this. This is why we come to things as a faith community. We, we never come to something, to a situation or a question, you know, out of the void. Yeah. We, we not only have the 2,000 years of church history behind us, but we have the thousands of years before that of God calling people like Abraham and Isaac and Moses and Sarah and Rachel. Um, we, we have all of these great stories that speak into us, but sometimes we don't know how to access it. Yeah. And yeah, that's what absolutely. these tools help us do is they help us access it, understand it, and, and then to use it. And one of the reasons, um, and this is really where I hope in the Church of the Nazarene we can up our game. And this is why we did the whole video about the hymnal, because as people are moving away from the hymnal, which, again, if you go through the older Nazarene hymnals, they weren't as in-depth as this one was as far as its organization. This is the closest we've got to a lot of these other books for lay people and even for clergy as well, but really for lay people to have a, a multi-tool, this is the closest we've got. And we're moving away from that because we've looked at it and say, well, it's a song book and we're doing songs differently so we don't need it. And we have left a lot behind. And one of the things which blows me away when I go into the St. Mary's bookstore, you go in there and the first thing you see is St. George slaying a dragon, which <laughs> the dragon looks more like a crocodile, but whatever, that's beside the point. It's awesome. You go in there and you're like, yeah, this is what I want. This is the, this is, 
the life in the church that a lot of people are really hungry for. But many of us in the Protestant world where we have moved away from these books, we've also moved away from our imagination. And by that, I mean our supplemental books are all focused around the things that we see specifically within a church service. So you might see worship within a church service and not just worship in its true sense, but worship in the sense of musical worship. So you get that and you might hear something related to a sermon and you forget that, well, God needs to bless the fishing tackle too. God needs to bless you when you take your kids to the gymnasium. When you're at work and you're trying to decide which shift you want, God needs to help bless that and those conversations you have with your coworkers because you need to be thinking towards godly mentality, not worldly mentality. Yes, you might have things like more money at hand, but being with your family is something which God calls you to. Anthony? Um, I was just going to say, a lot of people might say that, well, I have like a devotional and that's sort of where I take care of all this sort of thing. Yeah. And um, to that, I would just say that a lot of devotionals are about you, though. And that's sort of where a lot of these um, other christian tools diverge is that the things that we've brought up are almost and i i guess you could say entirely about god it's not you know it's sort of like the apostles creed the only time you hear about yourself is whenever you say i believe yeah and then everything that you believe is going to be about god a lot of devotionals which this is from my personal experience too i'm not trying to like throw them under the bus or anything (laughs) i've used them before and i think that a lot of them are focused on how you're feeling and how you're going through life and all those sorts of things instead of focusing on God and the promises that he has. Yeah, and these are tools for taking God to the places you go. And again, you may not carry all these books around with you. I know if you're if you're <laughs> a pastor, a yeah. you probably carry around a lot of books. Um, I know I carry around a lot of books. My, my car, my brother makes fun of me all the time. Like I'll, I'll be there and he's like, which little Bible do you want? He jokingly calls them the, there's the Bible and then the little Bibles, um, which is hilarious. Um, but a lot of people aren't going to do that. But if you spend time reading things like this, it's going to, to you know, instill itself in your mind. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be prepared for the difficult things that life comes. Because whether it's a decision like what shift am I going to have at work or whether it's a decision like fishing or something where someone asks you to speak at a funeral, maybe you you have somebody in their life that, that has a lot of addiction or maybe they've got some other suffering going on. You may be the only person that they trust to deal with this and you've got to be prepared for it. And if you're well read, you're going to be ready to step up to that because again, the church looks a lot more complex than just a few people sitting in a room with their hands in the air worshiping. Um, The true worship of God goes on everywhere. It can go anywhere where people are orienting towards God and they're giving worth to God. And again, whether you're blessing fishing tackle or you're doing that in a church service, God calls us to be his hands and feet. Yeah. Amanda, I know you had a few other things. Oh, Any final thoughts? Well, um, just a couple of other things. I know um, in the Church of the Nazarene, we've been doing, I think, really well in helping guide um, our people through the, the church calendar. And so we, they have, for the last few years, um, had books for Lent and for Advent. And then also we do a, a week of prayer um, that this is back from February, but it was for the world. And we, you prayed each day of the week. And, and really just, and I think this is the thing, I think people want to have answers to these questions. They, they want to have this information. They want to understand what's going on in the church around the world um, to, to move and to grow in their relationship, but they just may not know how. And so yeah. these really give them yeah. um, the, that structure. And, and that's and I think as pastors and as church leaders, that's really what our job is supposed to be, is to, to feed the flock, to tend to the flock. Um, 
this past Sunday, our, our lectionary text was when Jesus reinstates Peter. And he says, do you love me? And Peter says, of course I love you. And basically Jesus responds with, well, act like it. <laughs> and you act like it by feeding and tending yeah. uh, to the faithful and to others. Um, and then I have, um, this is really not a liturgical book, but I had it in my purse. It is one of my great-grandfather's sermon that I've been trying to digitize. And that, that is fun times. Um, but anyways, um, he, in his sermon, Rejoice Evermore, he talks about the passage from 1 Thessalonians that says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And he starts off his sermon by saying this, Now that is a religion worth having. It is the sum and total of all true religion. It is the reason for smiling. And so again, all of this, I think, culminates in the idea it is helping us gather closer to God and to gather others around us closer to God into that uh, rejoicing evermore. Yeah, and there is joy in a lot of times. And again, our opening statement is, where is God in the midst of a world of sin? Well, if you start surrounding your life with, again, the worship things which carry through all situations, and again, I, I love to, to discuss the, the fishing one, not just because it's weird. Um, actually, um, Pastor Mike Proctor, he's out on a fishing trip right now. He's, he's gone for a few days um, fishing spray. He's out today. But, you know, that's where life a lot of times takes us. And many times we find that the world is filled with suffering. Great sufferings come over people. And if you're just surrounded by worldly things in your mind, again, the news is littered with politics. It's as if they think that's the only thing to talk about. And it's become elevated beyond its its design. It, it's really gotten a bad place. But if you allow these things to come in, you're going to start being worldly oriented and think that there's only this life that matters around. And you forget that sometimes it is only through the redemption that comes in the kingdom of God that we will see um, any sort of reconciliation with some of the great sufferings in the world. Yeah. And being moved to this mentality that says there is joy unspeakable. Or, yeah. In full glory. No, I was trying to remember the rest of the song. Um, sorry. I was going to go into a <laughs> hymn there for a second, but even I fell short on that one. But yeah, joy unspeakable and filled with glory. Um, when you find yourself there, you do realize that there is a greater trajectory to the, the kingdom of God. Um, well, with anything, anybody has thoughts, questions, comments, please send them to us. Um, Anthony, any final thoughts? Nope. <laughs> Anthony's good. All right. Well, we thank you for joining us again. This is Kingdom of the Logos, a podcast produced by clergy in the church in the Nazarene. Remember to support your local Nazarene church. Um, or even if you're not in a Nazarene church, again, we don't have a, a corner on salvation. Um, it comes from Christ Jesus, and we are part of the, the universal and holy church. Remember to support your, your local fellowship and be growing and be well-read and be someone who is prepared to take the gospel wherever you may take it in life. God love you and have a blessed day.